we'll be discussing the doctrine of Christ uh, as it finishes up with Alma and Amulek and continues with the sons of Messiah. So let's start in Alma chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. And Alma and Amulek went forth preaching repentance to the people in their temples and in their sanctuaries and also in their synagogues, which were built after the manner of the Jews. And as many as would hear the words, (coughs) unto them they did impart the word of God without any respect of persons continually. And thus did Alma and Amulek go forth and also many more who had chosen for the work who had been chosen for the work to preach the word throughout all the land and the establishment of the church became general throughout the land in all the region round about among all the people of the Nephites. And there was no inequality among them. The Lord did pour out his spirit on all the face of the land to prepare the minds of the children of men or to prepare their hearts to receive the word which should be taught among them at the time of his coming. That they might not be hardened against the word, that they might not be unbelieving and go on to destruction, but that they might receive the word with joy. And as a branch be grafted into the true vine, that they might enter into the rest of the Lord, their God. Now, the doctrine of Christ you know, is based on three pillars. And underlining the three pillars is the new and everlasting covenant. And that covenant is based upon the sacrifice that we are commanded to enter into, that of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And then God swears an oath to us that when we offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, then he will baptize us with fire and with the Holy Ghost. In 3 Nephi chapter 9, Christ declares these very words. In verse 20, he says, And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And in verse 17, And as many as have received me to them, have I given to become the sons of God. So the way that we receive Christ is through the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And when we receive Christ, as he instructs us to receive him, then he extends his name to us by adopting us as his sons and his daughters. And... As a cross-reference to Alma 16, verse 17, that they might enter into the rest of the Lord their God. Turn to DNC 84. Verse 24, talking about Moses and the children of Israel. But they hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Therefore, the Lord in his wrath, for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. So entering into the rest of the Lord, you know, literally means entering into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. Now, 
That can certainly happen in the next life. But the doctrine of Christ is designed to lead us into the rest of the Lord in this life. And in, in D&C 84, 24, and 23, Moses sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might enter into the rest of the Lord in this life. And in Alma chapter 16, uh, Alma and Amulek sought diligently, just like Moses, to sanctify their people by entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that they also might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the preparation and the sanctification required to enter into the rest of the Lord. So again, in Alma 16, verse 17, that they might not be hardened against the word. And the opposite of being hardened against the word is offering up a broken heart and contrite spirit. Or in other words, that they might enter into that new covenant, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that they might be prepared to enter into the rest of the Lord. That they may not be hardened against the word, that they might not be unbelieving and go on to destruction, but that they might receive the word with joy and as a branch be grafted into the true vine, that they might enter into the rest of the Lord their God. And verse 18 in Alma 16. Now those priests who did go forth among the people did preach against all lyings and deceivings and envyings and strifes and malice and revilings and stealings and robbings and plundering and murdering, committing adultery and all manner of lasciviousness, crying that all these things ought not so to be. And verse 21. And now after the church had been established throughout all the land, having got the victory over the devil, And the word of God being preached in its purity in all the land and the Lord pouring out his blessings upon the people. Thus ended the 14th year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. Now we will transition from Alma and Amulek, which we covered in depth last week to the sons of Mosiah and particularly Ammon and King Lamoni. In Alma Alma 17, verses 2 through 5. Now these sons of Mosiah were with Alma at the time the angel first appeared unto him. Therefore Alma did rejoice exceedingly to see his brethren. And what added more to his joy was that they were still brethren in the Lord. Yea, they had waxed strong in the knowledge of the truth. For they were men of a sound understanding, and they had searched the scriptures diligently, that they might know the word of God. Now, Alma and the sons of Mosiah, by this point, had been preaching full-time for 14 years. So, they didn't arrive at this state overnight. It was long, dedicated diligence and application to the counsel of God and the whisperings of the spirit that brought them unto the place where they had become men of sound understanding because they had diligently searched the scriptures that they might know the word of God. And 
as we go through these <clears throat> criteria and qualifications <clears throat> for you know Alma and the sons of Mosiah becoming who they became, let's ask, how can we apply these principles to us? For in the days that are coming and even the days that are upon us, you know, we need to become the Lord's servants, even as Alma and the sons of Mosiah were the Lord's servants. And since there are no shortcuts, if we want to become the missionaries like they were missionaries, then we need to apply ourselves with equal diligence to preparing ourselves that our tongues may be loosed, that we might speak with the tongue of angels, that we might treasure up the words of eternal life, that we also may be the instruments of the Lord in bringing thousands, tens of thousands, you know, unto a knowledge of Jesus Christ and his great plan of redemption or the doctrine of Christ. So, um, I would, I would recommend that we make a list tonight of things that we need to take to the Lord, you know, after this meeting and, you know, enter into covenant with him that we will do the same thing. And that as we do these things, as God makes us equal to the task and challenge that is before us, that he might endow us to be his servants like he did the sons of Mosiah. So, they were men of sound understanding. We need to seek to become men and women of sound understanding. We need to diligently search the scriptures that we may treasure up the word of God in our hearts. And verse 3, but this is not all. They had given themselves too much prayer and fasting. So, in the execution of our duties and responsibilities that the Lord places upon our shoulders to be his instruments in declaring the words of Christ. How much are we willing to sacrifice to that end? Are we willing to give ourselves over to much prayer and fasting that the hearts of our brothers and sisters might be softened and that we might be able to speak with the tongue of angels. Therefore, they had the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation. So have we dedicated ourselves sufficiently to studying the scriptures to become men and women of sound understanding? Have we dedicated ourselves sufficiently to prayer and fasting that we have been given the spirit of prophecy and revelation? If that has not happened to us yet, we need to examine um, what we've been doing and we need to change things that we might become such men and women. And the spirit of revelation. And when they taught, they taught with 
power and authority of God. For if we think that we are qualified to be servants of God without diligently, you know, seeking all of these gifts and applying ourselves through diligent study of the scriptures, through prayer, through fasting, cultivating the spirit of prophecy and revelation, that we also might be filled with the Holy Ghost, that we might be able to teach with the power and authority of God, God will replace us. And he will replace us with men and women who are willing to do these things. Verse 4. And they had been teaching the word of God for the space of 14 years among the Lamanites, having had much success in bringing many to the knowledge of the truth. Yea, by the power of their words, many were brought before the altar of God to call on his name and confess their sins before him. You know, how effective right now are we being in bringing men and women unto the doctrine of Christ? that they might also enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Even if we have not yet received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Um, It is this very ministry. It is fulfilling this work and this calling, which will unlock the doors of heaven and allow God to bless us with the very thing which we desire most. Verse 5. And these are the circumstances which attended them in their journeys. For they had many afflictions, and they did suffer much both in body and in mind, much in hunger, thirst, and fatigue, and also much labor in the spirit. Man, as we examine our own lives Do we have any shred of a sense of spiritual entitlement that simply because we draw near to God with our lips, that we should be endowed with power and authority and should be spared from all manner of persecution and suffering? Or do we realize that to be co-saviors with Christ on Mount Zion requires the sacrifice of all things. It requires a willingness not to the same extent that Christ suffered for us, but we also must be willing to suffer for those to whom we are called to preach the doctrine of Christ For they did have many afflictions, and they did suffer much, both in body and in mind, such as hunger and thirst and fatigue. Now, how many of us have suffered like this, that we might be equal to the task that God has put before us and upon our shoulders? And is the need not just as great today as it was then is not the need just as great for those who would be servants of God to step up to their responsibility and opportunity and be willing to suffer much 
and to exert much prayer and fasting and to study the scriptures that we might be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, that we might teach by the power and authority of God. For if we are willing to do these things, and if we are willing, and if we do submit ourselves, just as the sons of Mosiah did, then God will endow us as he did the sons of Mosiah. Verse 6. Well... One more thing in verse 5. And also much labor in the Spirit. Well, what does that mean? That they did labor much in the Spirit. Let's cross-reference. Alma chapter 8, verse 10. And have ye forgotten so soon... How many times he delivered our fathers out of the hands of their enemies and preserved them from being destroyed, even by the hands of their own brethren. Oh, I'm sorry. I was in Alma 9, 10, and I wasn't finding the verse that I expected. Alma 8, 10. Nevertheless, Alma labored with much in the spirit. Now, here's what that means. Wrestling with God in mighty prayer, that he would pour out his spirit upon the people who were in the city, that he would also grant that he might baptize them unto repentance. All right, how much are we wrestling with God in mighty prayer? That he would pour out his spirit not only upon us, but also upon the people to whom we're called to minister. That they also might enter into the new covenant, that they might be baptized unto repentance, both with water and with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Verse 5 again in Alma chapter 17. Now these are the circumstances which attended them in their journeyings, For they had many afflictions, and they did suffer much both body and in mind, such as hunger and thirst and fatigue, and also much labor in the spirit. And verse 6, And these were the journeys. Having taken leave of their father Mosiah in the first year of the judges, having refused the kingdom which their father was desirous to confer upon them, and also this was the mind of the people. So, You know, what have we sacrificed that we might enter into the service of God? Or do we have a sense of spiritual entitlement and we say just because we draw near to God with our lips, he should set everything upon our laps on a silver tray? Nevertheless, they departed out of the land of Zarahemla and took their swords and their spears and their bows and their arrows and their slings. And this they did that they might provide food for themselves while in the wilderness. You know, again, there is a complete lack of entitlement, of the attitude of entitlement here. They fully expected that they were going to have to labor with their might and with their hands and you know, laboring also in the spirit, doing all that was in their power, that they might be able to both survive, you know, and to be effective instruments 
in the hands of God. And thus they departed into the wilderness with their numbers, which they had selected to go up to the land of Nephi to preach the word of God unto the Lamanites. And it came to pass that they journeyed many days in the wilderness and they fasted much and prayed much that the Lord would grant unto them a portion of his spirit to go with them. Again, we have the reiteration of praying and fasting much that they might have a portion of the spirit of God to go with them and abide with them that they might be an instrument in the hands of God to bring, if it were possible, the brethren, the Lamanites to the knowledge of the truth, to the knowledge of the baseness of the traditions of their fathers, which were not correct. And it came to pass that the Lord did visit them with his spirit and said unto them, be comforted, and they were comforted. So, the sons of Mosiah did not in any measure consider this a light thing. And they, they poured their souls out unto God that the people's hearts might be softened, and that they might be sufficient to the task. And, you know, this was their overwhelming concern that, you know, were they equal to the responsibility that had been laid on their shoulders? You know, they considered themselves even less than the dust of the earth, and they were not caught up in pride. And they truly did humble themselves before God. And therefore, as they did that which was in their power to do to prepare the Lord did visit them with his spirit and said unto them, be comforted. And they were comforted. In verse 11, and the Lord said unto them also, go forth among the Lamanites, thy brethren, and establish my word, yet ye shall be patient in long suffering and afflictions, that ye may show forth good examples unto me, unto them in me. And I will make an instrument of thee in my hands unto the salvation of many souls. Now, do we not desire the same thing? The question is, do we desire it to the same extent that the sons of Mosiah desired it? Probably not. And if not, perhaps we should pray unto God that we may be filled with the same desire that they were filled with. And verse 12, and it came to pass that the heart of the sons of Mosiah and also those who were with them took courage to go forth unto the Lamanites to declare unto them the word of God. And it came to pass that when they had arrived in the borders of the land of the Lamanites, that they separated themselves and departed one from another, trusting in the Lord that they should meet again at the close of their harvest. For they supposed that great was the work which they had undertaken. And assuredly, it was great, for they had undertaken to preach the word of God to a wild and a hard-hearted and a ferocious people, a people who delighted in murdering the Nephites and robbing and plundering them. And their hearts were set upon riches and upon gold and silver and precious stones. Yet they sought to obtain these things by murdering and plundering, that they might not labor for them with their own hands. Well, chances are, that the people that 
God has called us to minister to and declare and declare the doctrine of Christ to are not this hardened. Verse 15, and thus they were a very indolent people, many of whom did worship idols and the curse of God had fallen upon them because of the traditions of their fathers. Now, this does describe the people that we are called to minister unto. The curse of God had fallen upon them because of the traditions of their fathers. Notwithstanding the promises of the Lord were extended unto them on the conditions of repentance. And just as the promises of God were extended unto the Lamanites on condition of their repentance, so are the promises of God extended to the Latter-day Saints on condition of their repentance. Cross-referencing, 3 Nephi 16.13. talking about the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in our day. And we know it's in our day because this verse has direct reference to the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy ghost, which hasn't been available since the days of Joseph Smith's first ministry and only has um, recently become available again. But if the Gentiles or but if the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will repent and return unto me, and the way that we repent and return, according to Book of Mormon prophets, is enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Behold, they shall be numbered among my people, O house of Israel. Now, if you have eyes to see and hearts to understand, you realize that what this is talking about that the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints might be numbered among my people, O house of Israel, is that if they enter into the new covenant, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, then the Gentile blood is burned out of them, and they become blood Israel. So that's how the Latter-day Saints are to repent and return, precisely as the Lamanites. Verse 16. In Alma 17, therefore, this was the cause for which the sons of Mosiah had undertaken the work, that perhaps they might bring them unto repentance, that perhaps they might bring them to know of the plan of redemption. Now, the plan of redemption is the doctrine of Christ. The plan of redemption is the new covenant of a broken heart, contrite spirit, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptism by water into the terrestrial order and entering into the rest of the Lord. Therefore, they separated themselves from one another and went forth among them. Every man alone, according to the word and power of God, which was given unto him. Now, Ammon being the chief among them, or rather he did administer unto them and he departed from them, having blessed them according to their several stations, having imparted the word of God unto them or administered unto them before his departure. And thus they took their several journeys throughout the land. And Ammon went to the land of Ishmael, the land being called after the sons of Ishmael, who also became Lamanites. And as Ammon entered into the land of Ishmael, the Lamanites took him and bound him, as was their custom to bind all the Nephites 
who fell into their hands and carry them before the king. And thus it was left to the pleasure of the king to slay them or to retain them in captivity or to cast them into prison or to cast them out of his land according to his will and pleasure. And thus Ammon was carried before the king who was over the land of Ishmael and his name was Lamoni and he was the descendant of Ishmael. Now, picking up in verse 26. And after he had been in the service of the king three days, as he was with the Lamanitish servants going forth with their flocks to the place of water, which was called the water of Sebus, and all the Lamanites drive their flocks hither that they may have water. Therefore, as Ammon and the servants of the king were driving forth their flocks to, to this place of water, behold, a certain number of the Lamanites who had been with their flocks to water, stood and scattered the flocks of Ammon and the servants of the king, and they scattered them insomuch that they fled many ways. Now the servants of the king began to murmur, saying, Now the king will slay us, as he has our brethren, because their flocks were scattered by the wickedness of these men. And they began to weep exceedingly, saying, Behold, our flocks are scattered already. Now they wept because of the fear of being slain. Now when Ammon saw this, his heart was swollen within him with joy. For said he, I will show forth my power unto these my fellow servants, or the power which is in me in restoring these flocks unto the king, that I may win the hearts of these my fellow servants, that I may lead them to believe in my words. Now how did Ammon know that he was going to be able to restore the flocks of the king and that everything would be well? And it is because, as it is stated back in Alma 17 verse 3, because they had given themselves to much prayer and fasting, therefore they had the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation. And it was by the spirit of prophecy and by the spirit of revelation that Ammon knew that he would be able to restore the flocks of the king and that his fellow servants would not be in jeopardy of losing their lives. Verse 30 in Alma 17. And now these were the thoughts of Ammon when he saw the afflictions of those whom he termed to be his brethren. And it came to pass that he flattered them by his words, saying, My brethren, be of good cheer, and let us go in search of the flocks, and we will gather them together and bring them back unto the place of water. And thus we will preserve the flocks unto the king, and he will not slay us. And it came to pass that he went in search of the flocks, and they did follow Ammon. And they rushed forth with much swiftness and did head the flocks of the king. And it gathered them together again to the place of water. And those men stood again to scatter their flocks. But Ammon said unto his brethren, and circle the flocks round about, that they flee not. And I go and contend with these men who do scatter our flocks. Therefore, they did as Ammon commanded them. And he went forth and stood to contend with those who stood by the waters of Sebas. And they were in number not a few. Therefore, they did not fear Ammon, for they supposed that one of their men could slay him according to their pleasure. For they knew not that the Lord had promised Mosiah that he would deliver his sons out of their hands. 
Neither did they know anything concerning the Lord. Therefore, they delighted in the destruction of their brethren. And for this cause, they stood to scatter the flocks of the king. So just as the power of God was manifest in Alma and Amulek, that when they would be cast into prison, uh, the Lord gave them strength and power to break the bands which bound them and the prison walls to crumble to the earth. And it is said of them that they could not be held in bondage or in prison, but that they allowed themselves to go into bondage, that the power of God might be shown forth through them. Well, as it was with Alma and Amulek, so it was with the sons of Mosiah, including Ammon. And because he had the gift of prophecy and revelation, he knew that God would make him equal physically to the task of physically taking on these men and not a few who sought to scatter the flocks, knowing that by so doing, if the servants were not able to recover them, that they would be put to death. Therefore, they did as Ammon commanded them, verse 34, and went forth and stood to contend with, and he went forth and stood to contend with those who stood by the waters of Sebus, and they were in number not a few. Therefore, they did not fear Ammon, for they supposed that one of their men could slay him according to their pleasure, for they knew not the Lord had promised Mosiah that he would deliver his sons out of their hands. Neither did they know anything concerning the Lord. Therefore, they delighted in the destruction of their brethren. For this cause, they stood to scatter the flocks of the king. But Ammon stood forth and began to cast stones at them with his sling. Yea, with mighty power, he did sling stones amongst them. And thus he slew a certain number of them, insomuch that they began to be astonished at his power. Nevertheless, they were angry because of the slain of their brethren, and they were determined that he should fall. Therefore, seeing that they could not hit him with their stones, they came forth with clubs to slay him. And behold, every man that lifted his club to smite Ammon, he smote off their arms with his sword, for he did withstand their blows by smiting their arms with the edge of his sword, insomuch that they began to be astonished and began to flee before him. Yea, and they were not few in number, and he caused them to flee by the strength of his arm. Now six of them had fallen by the sling, but he slew none, save it were their leader with his sword. And he smote off as many of their arms as were lifted against him, and they were not a few. And when he had driven them afar off, he returned and they watered their flocks and returned them to pasture, the pasture of the king. And they went unto the king, bearing the arms which had been smitten off by the sword of Ammon, of those who sought to slay him. And they were carried in unto the king for a testimony of the things which he had done. Now, let's cross-reference First Nephi chapter 1, verse 20. Speaking of Lehi and his family. And when the Jews had heard these things, they were angry with him. These things being that Lehi was crying repentance unto the people in Jerusalem and bidding them to return back unto Christ. And we have to remember, as it says in 2 Nephi 28, 28. 
Yea, in fine, woe unto all those who tremble and are angry because of the truth of God. For behold, he that is built upon the rock receiveth it with gladness, the rock being Christ in Revelation. And he that is built upon a sandy foundation trembleth lest he shall fall. So at a bare minimum, what do we know of the Jews who became angry with Lehi because he testified to them of their wickedness and invited them to repent and return and declared unto them the truth of God. We know that they were not built upon Christ, but upon Sandy foundation back in first Nephi chapter one, verse 20. And they were angry with him. Yea, even as with the prophets of old whom they had cast out and stoned and slain. And they also sought his life that they might take it away. But behold, a Nephi will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. So what a fine example we have in Ammon and the sons of Mosiah. Over whom were the tender mercies of the Lord. Who. He chose because of their faith to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. Now, does that mean that that God fighting their battles meant that they didn't have to lift a finger? No. It meant that God made them equal to the task. And he made them greater than the almost overwhelming force that was arrayed against them. And one of the major themes of the Book of Mormon is that one who comes unto God and submits their will to his will, even enters in with a broken heart and contrite spirit. They are made mighty even under the power of deliverance. Um meaning that he makes them equal to the task, not that he does for them what they cannot do, but he makes them equal and able to do what they could not have done themselves. And thus the power of God is shown through them. And in the very same way, if we in like manner are true and faithful like they were, God will also make us mighty even unto the power of deliverance. And he will show forth his mighty power through us unto the convincing of others, unto the softening their hearts of the doctrine of Christ. All right, back in Alma chapter 17. At the end of verse 39. And they were carried the arms which Ammon had smitten off unto the king for a testimony of the things which they had done, or in other words, as a testimony that God had made Ammon mighty, even unto the power of deliverance. Now chapter 18 of Alma verses one through six. And it came to pass that King Lamoni caused that his servants should stand forth and testify to all the things which they had seen concerning the matter. And when they had all testified to the things which they had seen, and he had learned of the faithfulness of Ammon in preserving his flocks and also his great power in contending against those who sought to slay him, he was astonished exceedingly. So it worked. It worked. 
and said, Surely this is more than a man. Behold, is not this the great spirit who does send such great punishments upon this people because of their murders? And they answered the king and they said, Whether he be the great spirit or a man, we know not. But this much we do know, that he cannot be slain by the enemies of the king. Or in other words, that the tender mercies of the Lord were upon Ammon, even unto the power of deliverance. Neither can they scatter the king's flocks when he is with us because of his expertness and great strength. Therefore, we know that he is a friend to the king. And now, O king, we do not believe that a man has such great power, for we know he cannot be slain. And now when the king heard these words, he said unto them, Now I know that it is the great spirit, that he has come down at this time to preserve your lives, that I might not slay you as I did your brethren. Now this is the great spirit of whom our fathers have spoken. Now this was the tradition of Lamoni, which he had received from his father, that there was a great spirit. Notwithstanding they believed in a great spirit, they supposed that whatsoever they did was right. Nevertheless, Lamoni began to fear exceedingly with fear lest he had done wrong in slaying his servants. For he had slain many of them because of their brethren had scattered their flocks at the place of water. And thus, because they had their flocks scattered, they were slain. And now starting in verse eight, and it came to pass that King Lamoni inquired of his servants saying, where is this man that has such great power? And they said unto him, Behold, he is feeding thy horses. Now the king had commanded his servants previous to the time of the watering of their flocks that they should prepare his horses and chariots and conduct them forth to the land of Nephi. For there had been a great feast appointed at the land of Nephi by the father of Lamoni, who was king over all the land. Now when King Lamoni heard that Ammon was preparing his horses and chariots, he was more astonished because of the faithfulness of Ammon, saying, Surely, There has not been any servant among all my servants that has been so faithful as this man. For even as he doth remember all my commandments to execute them. Now I surely know that this is the great spirit. And I would desire of him that he should come in unto me, but I durst not. And it came to pass that when Ammon had made ready the horses and the chariots of the king and his servants, he went in unto the king and saw that the countenance of the king was changed. Therefore, he was about to return out of his presence. And one of the king's servants said unto him, Rabbana, which is being interpreted powerful or great king, considering their kings to be powerful. And thus he said unto him, Rabbana, the king desireth thee to stay. Therefore Ammon turned himself unto the king and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do for thee, O king? And the king answered him, Not for the space of an hour, according to their time, for he knew not what he should say unto him. And it came to pass that Ammon said unto him again, What desirest thou of me? But the king answered him not. And it came to pass that Ammon, being filled with the Spirit of God, therefore he perceived the thoughts of the king. And he said unto him, Is it because thou hast heard that I defended thy servants and thy flocks and slew seven of their brethren with the sling and with the sword and smote off the arms of the others in order to defend thy flocks and thy servants? Behold, is it this that causeth thy marvelings? I say unto you, 
What is it that thy marvelings are so great? Behold, I am a man and am thy servant. Therefore, whatsoever thou desirest, which is right, that will I do. And now when the king had heard these words, he marveled again, for he beheld that Ammon could discern his thoughts. But notwithstanding this, King Lamoni did open his mouth and said unto him, Who art thou? Art thou that great spirit who knows all things? And the king said, How knowest thou the thoughts of my heart? Thou mayest speak boldly, and tell me concerning these things, and also tell me by what power ye slew and smote off the arms of my brethren that scattered my flocks. And now if thou wilt tell me concerning these things, whatsoever thou desirest, I will give unto thee. And if it were needed, I would guard thee with my armies. But I know that thou art more powerful than all they. Nevertheless, whatsoever thou desirest of me, I will grant it unto thee. And now Ammon being wise, yet harmless, he said unto Lamoni, Wilt thou hearken unto my words, if I tell thee by what power I do these things? And this is the thing that I desire of thee. And the king answered him and said, Yea, I will believe all thy words. And thus he was caught with guile. Now, usually the term guile has a negative connotation, but not in this instance. Because Ammon had the gift of prophecy and revelation, because he was able to discern the thoughts and intents of King Lamoni. He was able to tailor his message in a way to have the most profound effect upon King Lamoni, which also should be a lesson for us that as we declare the doctrine of Christ, as we seek to be the Lord's instruments, that we should seek to present the doctrine of Christ in a persuasive manner that those that we declare it to might have every opportunity to hear and ponder and accept if they will, that they might not be turned away because they perceive pride in us or because we take no care or thought about how we can deliver the message in the most effective and powerful way. Verse 24, And Ammon began to speak unto him with boldness. So, although Ammon was being persuasive, that didn't mean that he was beating around the bush. He was persuasive and bold at the same time. And he said unto him, Believest thou that there is a God? And he answered and said unto him, I do not know what that meaneth. And then Ammon said, Believeth thou that there is a great spirit? And he said, Yea. And Ammon said, This is God. And Ammon said unto him again, Believest thou that this great spirit, who is God, created all things which are in heaven and in earth? And he said, Yea. I believe that he created all things which are in the earth, but I do not know the heavens. And Ammon said unto him, The heavens is the place where God dwells, and all his holy angels. And King Lamoni said, Is it above the earth? And Ammon said, Yea. And he looketh down upon all the children of men. 
and he knows all the thoughts and intents of the hearts, of their hearts. For by his hand were they all created from the beginning. And King Lamoni said, I believe all the things which thou hast spoken. Art thou sent from God? And Ammon said unto him, I am a man. And man in the beginning was created after the image of God. And I am called by his Holy Spirit to teach these things unto this people, that they may be brought to a knowledge of that which is just and true. And may make the additional comment that we should pay particular attention to how Ammon is teaching King Lamoni and the beliefs of King Lamoni. For at some point, there will be a portion of those who are called God's servants who go out on the end time exodus, who will be called to take the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ or the doctrine of Christ first to the Lamanites, that there might be a separation among them of wheat and tares. And a portion of that spirit dwelleth in me, which giveth me knowledge and also power according to my faith and desires, which are in God. So as we seek to become servants of God, the power and knowledge that we are given is in direct response, both to our faith or in other words, to our seeking after receiving and acting on revelation and desires, which are in God. And again, those desires led Ammon to pray and to fast mightily and to suffer all manner of affliction that he might be permitted to proclaim the fullness of the gospel to You know, first it was the Nephites and then the Lamanites. Verse 34, now my 18. Ammon said unto him, I am a man, and man in the beginning was created after the image of God. And I am called by his Holy Spirit to teach this people, to teach these things unto this people, that they may be brought to a knowledge of that which is just and true. So just as we read in Alma 16, that Alma and Amulek sought to teach the people the doctrine of Christ, that they might enter into the rest of the Lord. The ascension level of just and true is also to enter into the rest of the Lord. Turn with me to DNC 76, DNC 76, 53. So after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And whosoever and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. This overcoming by faith means to do what is required after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, to part the veil and ascend to the seventh heaven or the high mountain, that place where Christ reigns in the fullness of his glory. 
Not just to see in vision, but to enter into the presence of Christ in the fullness of his glory. This is to enter into the rest of the Lord. This is to overcome by faith and to be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, who is Christ. This sealing by the Holy Spirit of Christ is to have one's calling and election made sure. And to have one's calling and election made sure is to ascend to the level of just and true. So going back to Alma chapter 18. I am called, starting halfway through verse 34, by his Holy Spirit to teach these things unto the people that they may be brought to a knowledge of that which is just and true. Now, he which is just and true is Jesus Christ, and we may become like him. Um, But the whole reason that Ammon is teaching these things is that the people might be instructed sufficiently to know how they might also enter into the rest of the Lord. Verse 35. And a portion of that spirit dwelleth in me, which giveth me knowledge and also power according to my faith and desires, which are in God. And now when Ammon had said these words, he began at the creation of the world and also the creation of Adam. And he told him all the things concerning the fall of man. And he rehearsed and laid before him the records of the Holy Scriptures of the people, which had been spoken by the prophets, even down to the time that their father Lehi left Jerusalem. And he also rehearsed unto them, for it was unto the king and unto his servants, all the journeys of their fathers in the wilderness, and their sufferings with hunger, and with thirst, and their travail, and so forth. And he also rehearsed unto them concerning the rebellions of Laman and Lemuel, and the sons of Ishmael. Yea, and all the rebellions did he relate unto them. And he expounded unto them all the records and scripture, from the time that Lehi left Jerusalem down to the present time. But this is not all, for he expounded unto them the plan of redemption, which was prepared from the foundation of the world, or in other words, the doctrine of Christ. How through a broken heart and contrite spirit, the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, they might enter into the rest of the Lord. And it came to pass that after he had said all these things and expounded them to the king, that the king believed all his words. So what do we know about King Lamoni? Because of the preaching of the truth and because of the evidences which had been laid before him, his heart shifted and his heart shifted from being built upon a sandy foundation to the rock. And this because Ammon spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost because he had gained the gift of prophecy and revelation. And thus he knew how to tailor his message to King Lamoni that it might have the greatest effect upon him. And the verse 40 that the king believed all his words and he began to cry unto the Lord saying, O Lord, Have mercy according to thy abundant mercy, which thou hast had upon the people of Nephi. Have upon me and upon my people. 
And now when he had said this, he fell into the earth as if he were dead. And it came to pass that his servants took him and carried him in unto his wife and laid him upon a bed. And he lay as if he were dead for the space of two days and two nights. And his wife and his sons and his daughters mourned over him after the manner of the Lamanites, greatly lamenting his loss. So just as Alma the Younger, when he was brought unto a broken heart and contrite spirit, was completely overcome by the spirit that he did, you know, pass out, that he might realize that he was even less than the dust of the earth and do what was required to sufficiently repent that he might come into a broken heart and contrite spirit, that he might have the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, verse nine, now chapter 19 of Alma. Verse 1. And it came to pass that after two days and two nights, they were about to take his body and lay it in a sepulcher, which they had made for the purpose of burying their dead. Now the queen, having heard of the fame of Ammon, therefore she sent and desired that he should come in unto her. And it came to pass that Alma, Ammon did as he was commanded and went in unto the queen. And she desired to know what she should, that he should do. And desired to know what she would that he should do. And she said unto him, The servants of my husband have made it known unto me that thou art a prophet of a holy God, and that thou hast power to do many mighty works in his name. Therefore, if this be the case, I would that ye should go in and see my husband. For he has been laid upon his bed for the space of two days and two nights. And some say that he is not dead, but others say that he is dead and that he stinketh and that he ought to be placed in the sepulcher. But as for myself, to me he doth not stink. Now this was what Ammon desired, again because he had the gift of prophecy and revelation. For he knew that the king Lamoni was under the power of God, and he knew the dark veil of unbelief was being cast away from his mind. Or in other words, God was helping him come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit. And the light which did light up his mind, which was the light of the glory of God, which was a marvelous light of his goodness, yea, this light had infused such joy into his soul, the cloud of darkness having been dispelled, and that the light of everlasting life was lit up in his soul. Yea, he knew that this had overcome his natural frame, and he was carried away in God. Therefore, what the queen desired of him was his only desire. Therefore, he went in to see the king, according as the queen had desired him. And he saw the king, and he knew that he was not dead. And he said unto the queen, He is not dead, but he sleepeth in God. And on the morrow he shall arise again, therefore bury him not. And Ammon said unto her, Believest thou this? And again, how did Ammon know that on the morrow King Lamoni would arise? Well, it's because he had the spirit of prophecy and revelation, which he gained through much prayer and fasting and a willingness to suffer for the people to whom he was appointed to minister. 
Verse 9, And Ammon said unto her, Believest thou this? And she said unto him, I have had no witness save thy word, and the word of our servants. Nevertheless, I believe that it shall be according as thou hast said. And Ammon said unto her, Blessed art thou, because of thy exceeding faith. For I say unto thee, Woman, there has not been such great faith among all the people of the Nephites. And it came to pass that she watched over the bed of her husband from that time even till the time of the morrow which Ammon had appointed that he should rise. And it came to pass that he arose according to the words of Ammon. And as he arose, he stretched forth his hand to, to, unto the woman and said, Blessed be thou, name of God, or blessed be the name of God, and blessed art thou, for as sure as thou livest, Behold, I have seen my Redeemer, and he shall come forth and be born of a woman, and he shall redeem all mankind who believe on his name. Now when he had said these words, his heart was swollen within him, and he sunk again with joy, and the queen also sunk down, being overpowered by the Spirit. Now Ammon, seeing the Spirit of the Lord poured out according to his prayers upon the Lamanites, his brethren, who had been the cause of so much mourning among the Nephites, or among all the people of God because of their iniquities and their traditions. He fell upon his knees and began to pour out his soul in prayer and thanksgiving to God for what he had done for his brethren. And he was also overpowered with joy. And thus all three had sunk to the earth. Well, truly, you know, Ammon has become a co-savior on Mount Zion for, you know, this, his people, who historically had been the enemies of his people. But now, through the bond of Christ, they had become brethren. Verse 15. Now when the servants of the king had seen that they had fallen, they began to cry unto God, for the fear of the Lord had come upon them also. For it was they who had stood before the king and testified unto him concerning the great power of Ammon. And it came to pass that they did call upon the name of the Lord in their might, even until they had all fallen to the earth, save it were one of the Lamanitish women, whose name was Abish, she having been converted unto the Lord for many years on account of remarkable vision of her father. And now, verse 22, verse 17. Thus having been converted to the Lord and never having made it known, therefore, when she saw that all the servants of Lamoni had fallen to the earth and also her mistress, the queen, and the king and Ammon lay prostrate upon the earth, she knew that it was the power of God. And supposing that this opportunity, by making known unto the people what had happened among them, that by beholding this scene, it would cause them to believe in the power of God, therefore she ran forth from the house to house, making it known unto the people. And they began to assemble themselves together unto the house of the king. And there came a multitude, and to their astonishment... They beheld the king and the queen and their servants prostrate upon the earth, and they all lay upon the earth. And they all lay there as though they were dead. And they also saw Ammon, and behold, he was a Nephite. And now the people began to murmur among themselves, some saying that it was a great evil that had come upon them, or upon the king and his house, 
because he had suffered that the Nephite should remain in the land. But others rebuked them, saying, The king hath brought this evil upon his house because he slew his servants, who had had their flocks scattered at the waters of Sebus. And they were also rebuked by those men who had stood at the waters of Sebus and scattered the flocks which belonged to the king. For they were angry with Ammon because of the number which had been slain of their brethren at the waters of Sebus while defending the flocks of their king. Now one of them, whose brother had been slain by the sword of Ammon, being exceedingly angry with Ammon, drew his sword and went forth that he might let it fall upon Ammon to slay him. And as he lifted the sword to smite him, behold, he felt dead. Now we see that Ammon could not be slain, for the Lord had said unto Mosiah his father, I will spare him, and it shall be unto him according to thy faith. Therefore, Mosiah trusted him unto the Lord. Another great example of the tender mercies of the Lord are upon all those who because of their faith, he makes them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. Verse 23. Now we see that Ammon could not be slain. For the Lord had said unto Messiah his father, I will spare him. And it shall be unto him according to thy faith. Therefore Mosiah trusted him unto the Lord. And it came to pass that when the multitude beheld, that the man had fallen dead, who lifted the sword to slay Ammon, Fear came upon them all, and they durst not put forth their hands to touch him or any of those who had fallen. And they began to marvel again among themselves what could be the cause of this great power or what all these things could mean. And it came to pass that there were many among them who said that Ammon was the great spirit and others said that he was sent by the great spirit. But others rebuked them all, saying that he was a monster who had been sent from the Nephites to torment them. And there were some who said that Ammon was sent by the great spirit to afflict them because of their great iniquities, and that it was the great spirit who had always attended the Nephites, who had ever delivered them out of the hands, out of their hands. And they said that it was this great spirit who had destroyed so many of their brethren, the Lamanites. And thus the contention began to be exceedingly sharp among them. And while they were thus contending, the woman servant who caused the multitude to be gathered together came. And when she saw the contention, which was among the multitude, she was exceedingly sorrowful, even unto tears. And it came to pass that she went and took the queen by the hand, that perhaps she might raise her from the ground. And as soon as she touched her hand, she arose and stood upon her feet and cried with a loud voice, saying, O blessed Jesus! who has saved me even from an awful hell. Oh, blessed God, have mercy on this people. And when she had said this, she clasped her hands, being filled with joy, speaking many words which were not understood. And when she had done this, she took the king Lamoni by the hand, and behold, he arose and stood upon his feet. And he immediately, seeing the contention among his people, went forth and began to rebuke them and to teach them the words which he had heard from the mouth of Ammon. And as many as heard his words believed and were converted unto the Lord. And there were many among them who would not hear his words. Therefore, they went their way. And it came to pass that when Ammon arose, he also administered unto them 
And also did all the servants of Lamoni, and they did all declare unto the people the selfsame thing, that their hearts had been changed, that they had no more desire to do evil. And behold, many did declare unto the people that they had seen angels and had conversed with them. And thus they had told them things of God and of his righteousness. And it came to pass that there were many that did believe in their words. And as many as did believe were baptized and they became a righteous people and they did establish a church among them. And thus the work of the Lord did commence among the Lamanites. And thus the Lord did begin to pour out his spirit upon them. And we see that his arm is extended unto all people who will repent and believe on his name. Now, let's cross-reference Mosiah chapter 5, verses 2 through 3. So, in Alma 1933, And it came to pass that when Ammon arose, he also administered unto them, and also did all the servants of Lamoni. And they did declare unto the people the selfsame thing, that their hearts had been changed, that they had no more desire to do evil. Now, if we understand what's being said here, we understand that all of those who had fallen to the earth were coming unto a broken heart and contrite spirit, and were receiving the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. So, that their hearts had been changed, that they had no more desire to do evil. We'll cross-reference that to Mosiah 5, verses 2 and 3, where King Benjamin's people also have come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit and are receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And about King Benjamin's people at that time, it says in verses 2 and 3. And they all cried with one voice, saying, Yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us, and also we know of their surety and truth, because of the Spirit of the Lord omnipotent, which has wrought a mighty change in us or in our hearts, that we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. And we ourselves also through the infinite goodness of God and the manifestations of his spirit have great views of that which is to come. And were it expedient, we could prophesy all things. Now, let's cross-reference to Helaman chapter 5. It's Alma 19.34 that we are cross-referencing to Helaman chapter 5. So Helaman 19.34, And behold, many did declare unto the people that they had seen angels and had conversed with them, and thus they had told them things of God and of his righteousness. So in Helaman 5, starting in verse 40, And it came to pass that the Lamanites said unto him, What shall we do that this cloud of darkness may be removed from overshadowing us? And then Minadab said unto them, You must repent and cry unto the voice, even until ye shall have faith in Christ, who is taught unto you by Alma and Amulek and Zizram. When ye shall do this, the cloud of darkness shall be removed from overshadowing you. And it came to pass that they all did begin to cry with the voice of him who had shaken the earth. Yea, they did cry even until the cloud of darkness was dispersed. And it came to pass that when they had cast their eyes about and saw that the cloud of darkness was dispersed from overshadowing them, behold, 
they saw that they were encircled about, yea, every soul by a pillar of fire. And Nephi and Lehi were in the midst of them, and they were encircled about, yea, they were as if in the midst of a flaming fire, yet it did harm them not. Neither did it take hold upon the walls of the prison, and they were filled with that joy which was unspeakable and full of glory. And behold, the Holy Spirit of God did come down from heaven and did enter into their hearts, and they were filled as if with fire, and they could speak forth marvelous words. And it came to pass that there came a voice unto them, Yea, a pleasant voice, as if it were a whisper, peace, peace be unto you, because of your faith in my well-beloved, who was from the foundation of the world. And now when they heard this, they cast their eyes as if to behold from whence this voice came. And behold, they saw the heavens open, and the angels come down out of heaven and ministered unto them. And there were about 300 souls who saw and heard these things and they were bidden to go forth and marvel not neither should they doubt so the 300 who were there at the prison with nephi and lehi when those walls tumbled to the ground because of the preaching of the word of nephi and lehi and when they finally came unto a broken heart and contrite spirit and cried out unto god they were brought to the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so profound an experience was this, that in verse 50, and it came to pass that they did go forth and administer unto the people, declaring throughout the regions round about the things which they had heard and seen, insomuch that the more part of the Lamanites were convinced of them because of the greatness of the evidences which they had received. And as many as were convinced did lay down their weapons of war and also their hatred and traditions of their fathers. And it came to pass that they did yield up unto the Nephites the lands of their possessions. So, again, Alma 19, 33 and 34. And it came to pass that when Ammon arose, he also administered unto them and also did all the servants of Lamoni, and they did also declare to all the people the selfsame thing, that their hearts had been changed, that they had no more desire to do evil. And behold, many did declare unto the people that they had seen angels and had conversed with them, and thus they had told them things of God and of his righteousness. So one of the signs that a man or woman has received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is that they are overcome with a desire which compels them to go forth and to testify of their experience and coming unto a broken heart and contrite spirit, the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that all who will hearken unto their words might also come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thus receive that sanctification which prepares a man, a woman, or a people to enter into the rest of the Lord, to ascend to the level of just and true. Now, let's cross-reference also 1 Nephi chapter 8 and verses 5 through 12. Okay, again, we are in the middle of Lehi's vision of the tree of life. And it came to pass that I saw a man, and he was dressed in a white robe. And he came and stood before me. Now, 
Spoiler alert, this is not Jesus Christ, and this is not a true prophet of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Despite what you may have been told in the past. And it came to pass that he spake unto me and bade me follow him. Well, there's the first problem. A true servant of Jesus Christ only points to Jesus Christ. And it came to pass that as I followed him, I beheld myself that I was in a dark and dreary waste. And after I had traveled for the space of many hours in darkness and noticed the comparison between what happened to Lehi finding himself in a dark and dreary wilderness and what happened to the 300 at the site of the prison with Nephi and Lehi, they were also overcome by a mist of darkness. And they spent a period of time there, and so did Lehi. And it wasn't until each finally cried out unto the Lord that they were delivered from the mist of darkness. Verse 8 in First Nephi chapter 8. And after I had traveled for the space of many hours in darkness, I began to pray unto the Lord that he would have mercy on me according to the multitude of his tender mercies. And it came to pass that after I prayed unto the Lord, I beheld a large and spacious field. And it came to pass that I beheld a tree whose fruit was desirable to make one happy. Well, the reason that Lehi was then able to behold the tree is because he was taken out of the dark and dreary waste This vision is the part where Lehi receives the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost, which actually happened for him in 1 Nephi chapter 1. And if we go to 1 Nephi chapter 1, verse 4, For it came to pass in the commencement of the first year of the king of Zedekiah, king of Judah, my father Lehi, having dwelt at Jerusalem in all his days. And in that same year there came many prophets, prophesying unto the people that they must repent or the great city of Jerusalem must be destroyed. Wherefore it came to pass that my father Lehi, as he went forth and prayed unto the Lord, yea, even with all his heart, and this is what is being represented um, in Lehi's dream as he was in a dark and dreary wilderness and after being there for many hours, finally cried out unto God with all his heart in behalf of his people. And it came to pass that as he prayed unto the Lord, there came a pillar of fire and dwelt upon the rock before him. And he saw and heard much. And because of the things which he saw and heard, he did quake and tremble exceedingly. And it came to pass that he returned to his own house at Jerusalem. And he cast himself upon his bed, being overcome with the spirit of the things which he had seen. So, Lehi has his baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. He cries out while he's in the wilderness. He's delivered from the dark and dreary wilderness. And he has his baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Thus he passes through the gate through which one must pass to get on the straight and narrow path, which if one will hold on to the iron rod, which is revelation, after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, he will be instructed in all things that he should do. 
to get to the tree, who is Christ, and partake of the fruit. Just like Helaman chapter 5, the 300 Lamanites at the prison, and just like the accounts that we've just read about Ammon, King Lamoni, his wife, and his servants. And I would submit to you that if this can happen for them, it can also happen for us. As we cry out unto God in the energy of our soul and seek that the atoning blood of Jesus Christ might be poured out upon us, that we might stand clean before him, that we might submit our will to his will, that as we seek to offer up our broken hearts and contrite spirits, we also will receive all the experiences that we need to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that we might then go forth and testify by the power and authority of God of how we came unto a broken heart and contrite spirit and how we received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that all who will hearken unto our testimony might receive of God in the same manner and become Christ's sons and his daughters exactly as we have done and exactly as all of God's people have done who have come before us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.